Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. Well, good morning. Good morning, everybody. How y'all doing today? Y'all happy? It's the Christmas season, you know? It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to think about Him. It's good to have, like, church even before the word is spoke. I don't, I don't know how else to say that. I felt like we could have left right there and been like, yep, I got, I got what I needed today. But lucky for you, the Lord has more. So um, we are going to continue with the best Christmas ever. Pastor Jared uh, shared last week about the best Christmas ever. And, but honestly, you know, I just feel like Pastor Jared tried to church it up a little bit, you know, like, oh, the best Christmas ever. There's three keys to it. And it's like to practice obedience, to praise, to, to be generous. Like that was what he said. But let's just, can we just be real in this house today? Can we just, can we, can we have a little real talk? What makes Christmas the best Christmas ever? It is 100% presents. Presents? Man, if you get a good present, I guarantee you'll say, this is the best Christmas ever. Look what I got. Here, let me, let me show you what I'm talking about. I got a, got a video of some kids opening up presents. Can we, can we play that real quick? Here we go. Watch her face. Just wait. (laughs) Best Christmas ever. Did she say iPhone 4S? (laughs) (laughs) Look at Grandma's happy. Oh, look at Star Wars toys. Best Christmas ever. Bud, Bud, are you excited? Yes! I can't stop shaking. All right, let's go. Is that the bad thing? Yeah. These kids get hyped quick. Brothers love each other when you get the best Christmas ever. Oh, go for it. Get it, Kyra, get John Cena, WWE, makes for the best Christmas. See, you get a good present. Like, you can clearly see those kids were having the best Christmas ever because of the presents that they got. I mean, I love getting and giving presents. Uh, For example, my in-laws made a big grave mistake this week. If you're watching, hello. If they're not, let's just keep it to ourselves, all right? But they made a big mistake. I told them that I wanted shoes for Christmas. I even sent them the shoes that I wanted. And, and she texted me back. She said, got them. They're on, your way, on their way. I was like, yes. 
But there's a mistake is then they, they brought him to me and wrapped and in a present and then they left for Arizona. Like, so I opened up those suckers and I'm wearing them. Look at that, I opened them up. I was like, I'm not waiting for Christmas. You made the mistake of giving me the present early. So I'm gonna have Christmas today. So I opened them up last night and I decided to wear them. So thank you, in-laws, uh, if you're watching. If they're not watching, again, let's not tell them that I did that, all right? But uh, uh, another Christmas when I was younger, I can remember um, uh, this one Christmas where my family, we would always do Christmas with this other family, and my, my family bought this other family a Nintendo. And I remember that, and again, I was younger, so cut me a little bit of slack here, but I remember being happy and excited that I could give them the Nintendo, but I was really a little disappointed because I didn't have a Nintendo. Like, I couldn't play Super Mario Bros. Come on now. I was like, what is going on here? Why do we give them? But luckily for our family, a couple days later, they ended up buying us one, and I could crush Super Mario Brothers. It was the best Christmas ever. Um, I remember a few years ago, uh, I, I thought I was getting my family uh, the best Christmas ever, and I bought them a puppy. I bought them a puppy. And I was like, oh, look at, he's so cute. He's just a little guy. He's so cute. Did we, did we get that picture to work? Let's see if I, I might have a picture of him. Aw, sorry. Uh, don't worry. Megan's phone is loaded with pictures. So talk to her after. She probably has more pictures of that dog than she does of her kids. But whatever. No, no judgment here. No judgment here. But uh, I thought, okay, this is going to be a great. And when I picked up the dog, I think I even like said something like, oh, he's so, I love this dog. I'm, and stuff like that. Well, then I realized uh, that it was, it was, for me, it was not the best present ever, the best Christmas ever. Uh, in fact, the joke around my house is we named him Wrigley, you know, uh, but I have since renamed him to be Mistake. <laughs> that dog, oh man, let me, I'm just going to give you a little piece of advice. I, I feel like this is godly advice. I don't know if it is, but if you're planning on getting a dog for Christmas this year, don't. Don't. <laughs> Or at least think about it. At least think about it. I, I love dogs. Uh, I just don't want one. Uh, so <laughs> it was a great pre present for them. And presents, it's what makes Christmas the best Christmas ever. Now, on the other hand, just as much as a good present can make Christmas great, a bad present during this time can, can really make for a disappointing Christmas. Let's look at some kids who opened up some bad presents and see their reaction, all right? Charlie. I don't like this. What is it? An old banana. An old banana? Isn't that exciting? What are you doing? That was gross. A battery and an onion. <laughs> What's wrong? I don't want an onion. Did you smell your onion? Here, smell it.
What do you tell me all the time about my cooking? I love it. You love my cooking, so I made you something. That's the question. All right, that's good. We can go ahead and. The, the, I can't watch this kid. I, I watch. Go ahead and shut it down. We'll uh, we'll move on. That kid freaks out over a Hello Kitty shirt, and he starts screaming, and it hurts my ears. So <laughs> I'll just end it right there. You guys get the point, right? What a worst Chris uh, can really make for a disappointing Christmas when you get a bad present. Um, Got a couple more stories about it. A few, well, a while ago, when I was younger, I had a family member who would always buy like the same exact thing for me um, every year. And um, when I was a kid, uh, she would always buy a Nerf football. And at first, it was like, yes, I, I could use it, Nerf football every year. I'm young and uh, I lose it or, you know, rip it or whatever, you know, and stuff like that. But where it got to be bad is when I was like 20. 21, 22, she was still giving me Nerf, I, th- I believe I was even married, and I still was getting like Nerf footballs for Christmas, again, it wasn't, it didn't make for the worst Christmas, but it was still like, okay, I get this present, and Megan wouldn't even play catch with me anyway, so why do I have a Nerf football, you know, she can't catch very well, guys, it's okay, <laughs> she, she catches like this, you can't really catch like that. <laughs> Closes her eyes. I always say, you got to keep your eyes open. Here comes the keys. Catch it, like, it doesn't work, all right? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I love you. I love you. <laughs> there was another Christmas where, um, and this, this was disappointing. Uh, I'm just going to kind of go. This was a little disappointing for me, but it was really disappointing for, for Megan because she worked really hard on getting me this present. And I, I would have loved to have this present. I mean, if, if you know my wife, she's very thoughtful in giving gifts, and she works really hard at giving it and how she's going to give it and all of this stuff. And one year, <clears throat> she uh, bought me this fat head. Do you all know what a fat head is? It's a, it's a big picture or it's a big uh, sticker. Usually it's of sports people or whatever. Well, she bought me one of Wrigley Field. And the plan was, was to have Brandon Boyd go ahead, come to the church, put it up in my office, and then he, he would wrap it as well, put a big wrapping paper around it and stuff like that. And she got that all done. Then what she did was she left me on a big scavenger hunt from my house all the way to the church. Notes would be all over, and I had to go find it. I mean, like, this was really thoughtful and awesome, and I appreciated it. And everything. I was like, oh, man, what am I going to get? And it led me all the way back to the church, and I get to the church, and I go to my office, and Brandon's gone. He's already done all his work that he needed to do. He did a great job. And I walk into my office, and I open the door, and all that I see is a, a pile of, like, wrapping paper stuck to something. I was like, what? What did you get me? And she's, she's like, oh, no, what happened? She's really disappointed at this point. But somehow, for some reason, that sticker didn't stick to the wall, right? And it fell. And they're, they're not, like, cheap 
stickers are huge things you know it filled up the wall and stuff like that and it fell and the wrapping paper fell into the sticky side and I tried I tried for days to unstick that I picked off all the paper I tried to like flatten it out and to hang it back up and try to get ideas for it, but it just did not <clears throat> work that was a very disappointing uh, time for probably more for her because I was like it's okay it's all right we can just do something else no big deal uh, about it we can go on but it was disappointing and it didn't make for the best Christmas ever um, I also remember a few years ago my family asked me you know hey what do you want us to get for the girls and I was like well, well I asked Megan and Megan's like a, a robe we should get them a robe Ma Maddie really really wanted a robe this year and we thought oh Molly will love it as well so let's get them both robes so we tell my mom hey get them robes my mom was like, all right, we'll, we'll do it. So then we traveled to Illinois uh, for Christmas, and we started opening up presents, and Maddie opened up her robe, and Maddie's sweet and nice, and that's what she wanted, and so that's what she got, and she was really excited, and she thanked them and everything else, and instantly, right after she opened it looked at it, Molly says, I hope I didn't get a robe. <laughs> Which then sparked something in us. It's like, oh, man. What is she going to do when she opens this robe? You know, we got real nervous. We're like, oh, no. My mom went and did all this stuff and got it wrapped. And, you know, so we just got a little nervous. And, again, we call Molly Spice for a reason, you know. You don't ever have to wonder what is that girl thinking because she'll tell you what she is thinking. And that's what was worrying us, all right? She already ruined it by being like, I hope I didn't get a robe, you know. So... We're like, oh no, so what is she gonna do? Well, she went ahead and opened it up, tore it up, opened up the robe. Uh, she was kind of excited because she didn't know what it was, but she was hoping it wasn't. She got through the paper, the box, and, and of course, the robe. <clears throat> she opens it up and she looks at it. And again, we're all kind of just waiting. What is she going to say? She looks at it and she was very, very disappointed. And she's like, junk. Just threw it down, like junk. This is not what I wanted since then. We have learned we don't get Molly clothes or robes for Christmas and stuff like that. She is not a fan of that. I think we can all think of times where we get the greatest pre uh, present ever <clears throat> and the present that it, it might not just be the worst. It might be the worst, but it's very, disappoint you're very disappointed in the present that you get for Christmas. But honestly, that is, that is why we don't base how we feel or act on what we get for a present. But to actually have the best Christmas ever shouldn't be because of the presence that we get, but it should be found in us being in his presence. And of course, I was being facetious earlier. What Jer Pastor Jared said last week was right on. <laughs> Don't throw that out. It was good. But we also have to spend time in his presence. Being in the presence of the one who came to earth as a baby, grew up, lived 33 years, uh, and died on the cross for you and for me, presents are great to get and to give, and I think we love getting them uh, and giving them, but there isn't any substitute for being in his presence. And today I want to talk about three things that come along with us being in his presence that will make for the best Christmas ever. And that really presence can't do for us. So the first point that I want us to, to get out of today, if you're taking notes or whatever, is that you will never be disappointed in his presence. 
You'll never be disappointed in his presence. We can see that to be true with the story of Lazarus and his, Lazarus and his sisters. Um, it's kind of a long story, so go home and read it. It's in John 11, 1 through 44. Uh, go home and, and read it, but I'll pre- paraphrase a little bit. Uh, we have Jesus, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus in this story. Lazarus is dying, and he is one of Jesus' good friends. So Mary and Martha send word to Jesus about what is happening. Now Jesus is off, and he's preaching and teaching, and he's with his disciples, and he gets word that his friend is is not feeling very well and is about to pass away. And Jesus tells his disciples, okay, we're going to stay here for two, two more days, and then we will get to Lazarus. Now, within this time that Jesus got word that Lazarus was ill, and the time he was actually, and the time he actually left to go see his friend, Lazarus ends up dying. Okay, and Jesus finally gets to Mary and Martha, and that's kind of where I want to pick up. And so Jesus finally gets to Mary and Martha, and in John eleven nineteen through twenty one, it says, "And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Mar- Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him." But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, been here, my brother would not have died. So I want to stop there for a moment to point out the disappointment that Mary and Martha are feeling right now. Yes, their brother just died, and sadness is all right. I'm not I'm not discounting that or anything, but they they are disappointed, and we can see that they that because people from all over had come to console them. So they were disappointed that Jesus didn't show up, and they were sad that their brother died. So people came all over, from all over and to console them. Then when Jesus does get there, Mary doesn't even leave the house to, to come and see Jesus. Even though not long ago she anointed Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair, she knows who Jesus is. She knows what Jesus can do, but she is so disappointed that he, that, that he didn't come to heal her brother that she isn't even willing to leave her house. Martha does go to, to see Jesus, but because of her disappointment, she, she, just like tell, she just started telling Jesus off. If you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Where were you at? Why weren't you here? You, know, you could have done something, but you were not here. I say all of that to say outside of Jesus' presence, we feel disappointed. When we're not spending time with Jesus, when we're not in his presence, we're disappointed. We feel let down. We feel abandoned. Just about a month ago, um, I had COVID, and I quarantined in my room for, for 10 days. Megan put me in my room and said, don't you leave. No, she didn't. It was, I, I had to stay away. I stayed away from all of them because I didn't want them to get sick or anything like that. So for 10 days, I was in <clears throat> my room, and I stayed alone for all 10 days, and it was a lonely place to be. For the first couple of days, like, I watched... TV, I called people, I text people, I looked at my phone, I did all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, my mind started to race and I started getting anxiety about everything going on in the world and everything that was happening. Now, and, and if you know me, I'm not a very anxious guy. I don't really get anxiety and stuff like that. Um, I know it's a very real thing out there, but it just doesn't happen to me. But all of a sudden, I'm sitting here in my room and I'm getting anxious about things that are happening. And I'm starting not to be able to sleep because my mind just won't shut off. And I'm just thinking about whatever and anything and everything. And I just can't sleep. And then I realized something. I think Mary and Martha realized this as well. I realized that I wasn't spending enough time in the presence of Jesus. 
I have, all I have is time. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. Um, but I'm still not using that time right. And I'm missing out on spending more time in the presence of Jesus. And because I wasn't spending enough time in the presence of Jesus, um, <clears throat> there wasn't life. There wasn't freedom. There wasn't peace in my spirit. All that there was around me was disappointment. And it was my fault. So instantly I realized that, and I shut off the TV. I put my phone down. I turned on some worship music. I started to read my Bible, and I started to pray. And I mean, like, it was, like, instant. The anxiety was gone. The, the, the mind racing was shut off. I could, I could sleep. I wasn't thinking about all this silly stuff that I don't even have control over that I can't do anything about. And it was just because I was in the presence of Jesus. And the disappointment that I was feeling and the disappointment that was all around me was gone. I, I couldn't even, I mean, I could believe just how fast it left right when I jumped into the presence of Jesus. Right when I, I took that time and said, okay, me and you, Jesus, let's do this, <laughs> you know? And, and I just prayed in it. And I did it every day after that. And man, I have I don't, that anxiety, that racing of the mind hasn't come back because I spend time in the presence of Jesus. And it happened because of, of the time that I spent in the, the presence of the Almighty. And, and there isn't disappointment, but what we do have when we spend time in his presence is we get life. We have life. And we can see that in the rest of the story of Lazarus because Jesus jumps on the scene and yes, Mary and Martha are disappointed at first, but... Uh, um, and they need people to console them. But Jesus brings compassion. He brings hope. He brings life-giving words. We know this because John eleven twenty three says, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Your brother will rise again. He gave her, they, they, he, he comforted them. He gave them uh, great words of encouragement. Jesus brings dead things to life when we are in his presence. If 2020 has put a weight on your shoulders and you feel like your spirit is dead, Here's some encouragement. Get into his presence. It will revive you. It will bring you to life again. John eleven thirty three 33 through 35 says, When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews had, who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come, come and see. Jesus wept. Jesus did not come to bring disappointment. We can look all around this year and, and we can say, you know what, okay, if that's true, then prove it. <laughs> then prove it. If he's not here to bring disappointment, look at this year, prove it to me. But he didn't do that because it seems like, it seems like a rough year for some of us and it really has been hard at times for people. And I'm not downplaying that and I don't think Jesus is downplaying that at all, at, at all either. Actually, Jesus feels our hurt and our disappointment when, we, when he knows uh, what the, even though he knows what the end brings, even though he knows we have the victory, he still weeps with us. He still walks with us. Jesus hasn't abandoned you, is what I'm trying to say. Jesus is still right there with you. He was right there with Mary and Martha, even though they felt disappointed, even though they felt abandoned. Jesus was like, no, I'm not. In fact, let me show you how much I am uh, here with you. I'm not going to, uh, you know, push you ahead and said, get over this. Get over your brother's death. You know I have the victory in the end. Why don't you just get over it? Jesus didn't do that. Jesus said, you know what? Here, let's walk side by side. I'll weep with you. 
I'll weep with you over your brother, even though I know that I am going to raise him in, uh, from the dead here in a few minutes. And I think Jesus is saying that with us too. I know that maybe we're feeling disappointed. I know that maybe this has been a hard year for you. I know that you're going through things. But don't worry. I'm here with you. I'm going to walk this path with you. And we're going to get through this together. But just take heart because I win. You know, I think that's what we need to remember. Just take heart. Don't get, don't get depressed. Don't get down in the dumps. Don't, get, don't let the weight of this stuff uh, suck you under. But you know what? Take heart. We get the victory. And that's what Jesus is saying here because he knew, Jesus knew he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. It wasn't like, oh yeah, I forgot I'm going to do this. <laughs> you know, he knew that he was going to do this, but he still wept. So be comforted in that today. That, that Jesus isn't just saying, hey, get over it, but that he's walking right there with you. And he's like, we got this. We got this. I feel your hurt. I feel your pain. I feel your disappointment, but I'm going to walk with you and then we're going to win. And we're going to win in a great way. A great way. And that's, good. that's a good thing uh, that was going to happen uh, because Jesus was going to bring life to Lazarus. In, in John eleven forty three and 44a, we see the life-giving words of Jesus. And when it says, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out. Mary and Martha were disappointed that Jesus did not come right when they said he, he needed he, he needed to come. They were disappointed that their brother had died and they felt like their world was crashing to the ground all around them. But man, as soon as Jesus stepped on the scene and they were back in his presence, they were comforted, they were loved. And with three words, Jesus brought something that was dead back to life. And the disappointment was gone. Presents are fun to get and it's awesome to get them, but they can disappoint. You will never, ever, ever be disappointed by being in his presence. You'll never walk out of his presence being like, ah, stinks. <laughs> you know, you won't. You will be encouraged. You know, just like when I was, uh, those 10 days I was alone, man, it was like immediate. I was like, yes, this is great. This is where I need to be. I felt revived. I felt alive again. Lazarus was alive. Mary and Martha were no longer disappointed. Why? Because the presence of Jesus was on them. The presence of Jesus was with them. You will never walk out of his presence disappointed. In fact, we get something when we're in the presence of Jesus. And that's my second point today. You will, always, you will also have joy in his presence. Joy in his presence. I remember this, this one time that I bought a present for my friend, Pastor Amelia. And you guys should all, by the way, uh, go and blow up her Facebook. She just had a baby, so kudos to her. Everybody just go up on Facebook and say congratulations to her. Or if you have her phone number, just text her. It's kind of fun to do that. You can do it right now if you want to, but pay attention. Pay attention while you're doing it. All right? Anyway, I bought her a present. Uh, a long, it was a long time ago, and I had never, ever seen so much joy from giving somebody a present like this. All right. Now, I'm not talking about joy to where she was like, thank you so much, or joy where she screamed like those kids or anything like that. No, I'm talking about the joy where she actually did all of that. She did everything. All right. She was speechless at first. Then she, she was loud. Then she, she actually started to cry a little bit, which 
That was amazing. I was like, whoa, you're crying, okay. Uh, Because of the joy that she felt from this present. Now, I don't know about you, but I did not know that a Justin Bieber CD could bring that much joy. (laughs) But it did, all right? This is a true story. I'm not lying. I'm not exaggerating it. I gave her a Justin Bieber CD, and she cried from it. I was like, what? Uh, I don't know if that still works now, but I don't know. But that kind of joy is just a momentary joy. It's not an everlasting joy. She was excited and happy when I gave her that CD, and it brought her much joy at the time when she was listening to the CD. It brought her a lot of joy. But now, I think, (laughs) I think that CD is gone. (laughs) You guys can ask her later, but I think that CD is gone. The joy that CD brought her is gone. She stopped crying about the CD, hopefully. Uh, (laughs) And all of the joy that that object brought her is no longer. But when you are in the presence of Jesus, you'll have the joy that will last a lifetime. It's not going to go away. That joy will be there. The presence of Jesus brings joy into your life. And at this time of the year, I think we can, we can all use joy. This year especially, we can all use joy. We can see how Jesus brought joy even before he was born. Luke 1.44 says, For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. So this is Elizabeth and Mary. Elizabeth was pregnant with John, and Mary was pregnant with Jesus. Mary went to go and visit Elizabeth at this time. And when Mary came into the same room with Elizabeth, John jumped in the womb for joy. Why do you think John had joy? It was because they were in the presence of Jesus, the King of Kings. And when we are in his presence, we can have joy that lasts forever. It's not momentary joy that that stuff might give us. It's not joy based on circumstances. But it's an everlasting joy that can flow out of us even when things seem to be going bad. I think we all can relate to that. When, When things seem to be going bad, when we're in his presence, that joy can still overtake us. That joy can still be um, in our lives. I've heard so many people say, man, we are just trying to get through 2020. It just seems like it's one thing after another. It's COVID, it's murder wasp, it's shutting down everything. It's the hurricane in Iowa. I mean, we can point out bad thing after bad thing after bad thing this year. And, and And I just heard people, when when is 2020 just going to be over? Because it has not been a good year. I know things have been been bad. Things have happened uh, that aren't the best. But instead of just pointing out all the bad that has happened, we should be trying to find a way to make it the best year yet. Don't just wish your life away. Don't just wish a year away. God still gave us this year. And we can still do something with this year. We can still take the joy that the Lord has given to us and take it out into the world. Let's stop wishing for everything to be over and for everything to be past and say, okay, how can I use this to to bring uh, Jesus to people? That was a tangent. It wasn't in my notes. I'm sorry. It's just like, I I I don't like wishing things away, even bad things. I want to see how can we get through this and how can we find the joy that Jesus uh, has given us? How can we use it to glorify his name? 
It's not the easiest all the time, and I understand that. But we can, we can still make something great out of 2020, so let's do it. Let's do it. <clears throat> and let's make sure that we're in the presence of the Lord every single day because that is where our hearts are going to be filled with joy and our lives are going to be filled with joy. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the paths of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Where is the fullness of joy? Is fullness of joy making things happen on our own? Is fullness of joy uh, in, in being comfortable? Is fullness of joy what politicians say or who's in the White House? Is fullness of joy what others might think of us? No, the scripture says fullness of joy is in his presence. It's where we're going to find it. No other place. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. That right there should make all of us want to spend the rest of the day in the presence of God. That's where the fullness of joy is at. That should help, help change our mindset from, man, there's a lot of bad things happening right now, to in his presence, in the presence of the Lord, I have joy. And this joy is not based on what's happening around me, but this joy is a lasting joy. And as I spend time with the Lord, it's a joy that is contagious. We can actually give this joy out. We can give this to other people. The joy of the Lord that we find from his presence, we can give it out and we can, we can, we can help other people that might not be able to find the joy in things that are happening around or find joy in Jesus. We can give that to them. And we take the joy of the Lord out to everybody that we know and we can, we can be the change instead of waiting for the change just to happen. A lot of us are just waiting for the year to, to be over. Let's just change it. Because we have the joy of the Lord. We, we get that. And that leads me to my, to my third point. You will experience change in his presence. You will experience change in his presence. I just want everybody to, to just think back with me to the day that you accepted Christ. To the day that you personally accepted Jesus into your heart. How many of us can think back to that day, and what do you remember feeling or doing after you asked him into your heart? For me, it was like getting the best present that I ever had get, gotten on Christmas. I mean, I remember when I accepted Jesus into my heart, and I, I was serious about it this time. It wasn't like a, a time when I was younger, I went to the altar, and I did it, and then I started living like however I wanted to. No, I remember the day that I was like, yes, this is for real. He is in my heart. And what I did was I looked at my life. I looked at everything. I looked at who my friends were. I looked at how I talked, what I was listening to. I looked at my day-to-day -day conversations and my day-to-day -day life. I just looked at everything. And everything was on the table for me to change. There's nothing off the table. It was all there for me to change. <clears throat> and if it wasn't pleasing to God, I was willing to change it in order to get closer to him. I also remember wanting to spend as much time as I could in his presence. Every time I opened up the Bible, it was alive. I felt it. Every time I prayed, I felt the presence of God all around me. It was so great. It was so wonderful. And when I did that, I never, ever wanted to go back. We should have that same desire every day of our life. Even right now, even if you've been a Christian for, for so many years, even if you've loved Jesus for so many years, we should still have that desire to be in his presence and that desire to keep changing and to keep growing. The only way to have that desire, though, especially with life happening so fast and so much stuff going around us, is we need to make sure we make time for him. 
that we make time every single day to get into his presence. Because the only way to change, the only way to keep growing in him is by spending that time with him. There are great examples in the Bible of, of people who were changed forever because they were in the presence of Jesus. We're going to talk about a few of them. You have the woman with the issue of blood. That's found in Luke 8, 43 through 48. This woman wanted to be healed so bad that she was willing to crawl through a crowd of people who thought she was disgusting and unclean. People didn't even want her around. They just thought she was gross. But she was willing to crawl on a dirty ground just to get into the presence of Jesus, just to have a change in her life. She was so desperate for a second in the presence of Jesus that she would do all of that just for a moment in his presence. Listen to what happened when she ended up getting down on the ground, crawling through, being desperate, reaching out and touching the hem of his garment. Luke 8, 44 says, she came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. Because she was desperate and she had that hunger to get in the presence of Jesus, even if it was only for a second, even if it was only for a minute, she was changed forever because of that moment that she spent with Jesus. She was healed. She was satisfied. She was uh, whole all because of a few seconds in the presence of Jesus. I think it's time that we get that desperation for Jesus, that we get that desperation just to be in his presence because it will change your life forever. Then you have the story in Mark 2, 1 through 12 about a paralyzed man who needed to get in front of Jesus. Jesus was out preaching and teaching and doing some amazing miracles and people started knowing that and seeing that and they started to gather around and wherever Jesus went, there was a crowd of people. Well, Jesus ends up at Capernaum and a large crowd follows him there. And he decided, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach this crowd, I'm gonna preach this crowd, but I'm gonna go into a house. I'm gonna go into somebody's house. It doesn't say whose house he went into, he just went into a house. And this crowd followed him into this house. Well, there was this paralyzed man who had four really nice friends. And um, this paralyzed man heard that Jesus was coming in and he's like, I need to get in front of that man. I know that I will be changed. I know that I'll be healed. I need to get in front of him. I need to be in his presence. Well, luckily, luckily for this paralyzed man, he had four uh, awesome friends. And these friends are like, yeah, you do. You need to go in front of him, and we're going to help you. And these guys picked this guy up. They carried him to the house. The house was packed, of course, so they couldn't get in. So these four guys, I don't know why they had this crazy idea or what, but they're like, hey, we can get you up on the roof. I don't know. Do you guys know whose house it is? No, we don't know whose house it is, but let's rip the roof off the house. Let's just rip it off. We will lower you in, and you'll get into the presence of Jesus, and you'll be changed. They did this. How desperate are these people in this story to do that, to do crazy things just to get into the presence of Jesus? And man, we have way more access than they did to Jesus, and what are we willing to do? I can't, I can't shut off my football game. I can't, I, can't, uh, I, I, I can't shut off uh, my phone. I have to look and see what Facebook is. These guys were willing to go to somebody's house, lift their friend up onto a roof, rip a roof off, lower him down to be healed, to get one moment with Jesus. It's time for us to get desperate, to be in his presence because we can be changed forever. This guy was changed forever. Mark 2.11 this is what Jesus did. He says, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. The guy's life and his friend's lives were changed forever. 
Why? Because they did everything in the power to get into the presence of Jesus. They worked at it. They didn't just have to put down their phone. They worked, and they worked hard to get into the presence of Jesus. It's time that we do the same thing. There was also a blind man in Luke 18, 35 through 43. He was sitting and begging on the side of the road, and Jesus is in Jericho, and he's just passing by is what the Scripture says. When this guy realized that Jesus is there, he starts crying out to Jesus. And Luke 18, 38 through 39, the blind man says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. I love this man because here again, we have a person who is desperate just to get into the presence of the almighty Jesus because he knows that if he could just be in his presence for a few seconds, he'll be changed forever. He was so desperate that he didn't even care that he was being rebuked, that he was being told to be quiet, to shut up, to stop talking. He didn't even care. He wanted change in his life and he was willing to keep yelling until Jesus stopped and helped him. We can see again in verse 43 what happens when we are in the presence of Jesus. It says, And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. This man was desperate to be in the presence of Jesus, so much so that he was willing to cry out, so much so he was willing to look a little foolish in front of people, to be in the presence of Jesus. And with one simple conversation and a few minutes in the presence of Jesus, changed. He was changed forever. So really, my question for you today is, do you want to have the best Christmas ever? Do you want to have the best Christmas ever? I think we all do. And there's a few things that we need to do. There's really one thing that we need to do. We need to remember that getting in the presence is great. Getting in God's presence, in Jesus' presence, is great. But really spending time in his presence is the best thing for your life. His presence will never disappoint. You'll never walk out of that being disappointed. You'll never walk out of his presence uh, uh, and be sad about it. His presence brings life. And if you commit to spending time in his presence, anxiety will leave. The heavy weight that you might be carrying around after spending time, uh, after spending time with Jesus, he'll take that. He'll take that upon himself. And he'll carry that for you because he loves you. Spending time in his presence will bring joy. Bring so much joy to you. If you are down and you feel like you can't get out of the hole that you are in, let me encourage you. Get in the presence of Jesus. Spend time with him. Read your word. Put some worship music on. Get in his presence and, and, and he'll give you that overflowing, overflowing joy and he'll bring it to your whole life, regardless of what's happening outwardly, regardless of what's happening around you. He will give you that. And once you have that joy, you'll be able to share it with other people. <clears throat> and I can't say this enough. You, when you spend time in the presence of Jesus, you will be changed forever. You will be changed forever. The presence of Jesus is a privilege for God's children to be in. When Jesus died on the cross uh, for us and the veil was torn, and that allowed us to reap all the benefits. We can go to him and we can spend time with him whenever we want. We don't have to wait for him just to pass by. We don't have to wait till he's in our town. He is here and we are allowed to spend time with him anytime that you want. Get into his presence. You have unlimited access to the throne room of God and we get to be in the presence 
all the time, anytime. When you're in your car, when you're at the grocery store, when you're, when you're at home, wherever, whenever, spend time in his presence. Now it's up to us to get into his presence more than ever before. It's up to us. Jesus did everything he could when he died on the cross. It's our turn to do stuff, to get into his presence. <clears throat> and when you do that, you'll be changed forever. Even a moment in the presence of God can change you forever. It's just that time uh, that we need to get desperate and to be in his presence. So my challenge for you is, for this week, really for your whole life, but let's, let's take baby steps in this, okay? is just spend time with Jesus. Just spend time in his presence. Whatever, however that looks for you, you know you. You know what's uh, clogging up your time. You know what's, what you're spending your time on. So maybe you need to take a break from your phone, or maybe you need to take a break from TV, or maybe you need to take a break from your kids. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> just get with Jesus, though. Spend time in his presence and just watch that weight lift off of your shoulders. Just watch Jesus do amazing, miraculous, awesome things in your life because that's the God that we serve. And that's what's going to make this the best Christmas ever. Even further than that, that's what's going to make this the best life ever. Let's pray. Lord, we come, God, and we just thank you for this day, Lord. And God, I just ask that you would just impress on our hearts, God, impress in our minds that we need to get with you. We need to get into your presence. And when we do that, Lord, we, we will not be disappointed. We will have joy, God, and we will be changed, Lord. I ask that, um, that people that, that follow you and love you, God, that we will keep changing. And we'll never stop changing, Lord. And God, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for us, God. And Lord, help us to always remember you. Lord, we just love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's have the best Christmas ever. What do you say? Let's do it. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.